49ers fans, it's 49ers fangirl Tracy here, joined as always by SoCali Steph. Hello, Steph. Hey, Tracy. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. <laughs> good, good, good. We have a uh, special guest today, our good friend David, also known as Fooch, from Niners Nation. Hello, Fooch. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> Good. You know, at this point on Mondays, I've just, like, accepted that they're going to lose every week, so it's, there's no longer any sort of, like, Sunday afternoon hangover. Um, so, I'm doing well. Um, as we all know, the 49ers have now lost nine straight games, lost to the Patriots yesterday. I didn't really think they'd win, but I did think maybe they would build um, on the Arizona game and it be slightly more competitive. But that was not to be. So here we are, one and nine. They're off to Miami. David, what are you seeing? Is there something you're seeing out there that you'd like to share with us other than the fact that they're just bad? <laughs> uh, you know, honestly, I, I've reached a point where I'm just sort of looking forward to January just to see how this drama unfolds. Uh, you know, you, you watch you watch the team every week, and we just you know we kind of see the same thing over and over again. I mean, sure, you know they'll hang around with bad teams. Um, you know, yeah, they they played well for a while against the Patriots, and then they just fell apart in the second half. And I think part of the blame is on Kaepernick and the offense. Part of it's on the coaching staff because you know. After the game, Chip Kelly talked about the rain and not having Torrey Smith and this and that. But I think the most pertinent comment he made is, we're just not good enough to throw every down. And, well, you know, most teams are not going to be in a position to be able to do that, but Pointers really can't. Yeah. No, they can't. they don't have a wide receiving court. And Chip also said after the game that without Torrey Smith, there's no go-to wide receiver on that staff. And, of course, whose fault is that? But that is the problem. Uh, Steph, what were you thinking yesterday? Well, I like what they had to show up front. You know, in the very beginning, I thought they, you know, were a little competitive. They had some good, you know, sequences there with uh, Vance McDonald, which, you know, I've been waiting for a long time to see him, you know, mature as a, as a tight end, you know. So it was good to see um, that part. But like, you know, Fuchs said, it's just, they just crumble in the second half. And it's, it's interesting because, they just can't keep any of the momentum going. And without the run game, the strong run game and run blocking and everything, they just can't, can't put together a game, it seems like. They can put together a couple of nice, um, you know, sequences, but then that's about it. So I think at this point, I think we've all hashed out on multiple platforms why they're bad, what they need, and what goes wrong. So, Fooch, you brought up January, so let's look forward. Let's look forward to January. Let's... Look forward to the offseason um, and what you think is going to happen. I think Chip Kelly gets another year, and I do think Chip Kelly deserves another year, but I know there are varying thoughts on that. What do you think, Fooch? I mean, I, I think Chip Kelly deserves another year just with, with better talent around it, but at the same time, they're in a weird situation where, uh, you know, Trent Balke signed through 2018. Uh, Chip Kelly is signed through 2019. They, they just hired Kelly. Balky is, is on the hot seat. If you fire Trent Balky and you don't promote Tom Gamble, uh, it's hard to see how another general manager, you know, somebody would want to come in and be the general manager when they don't get to pick their coach. So I, that's not to say that they're going to fire Chip Kelly, but my nightmare scenario is them just retaining both Balky and Kelly and taking it into next year and people just, you know, just being completely oblivious to everything. 
Oh, and I think your nightmare scenario has a lot of chance, unfortunately, of coming true. And, and Steph and I had talked about on last week's pod that when Trent Balky came out and said, you know, blame me, don't blame ownership, like, to me, that was essentially, but like, saying he's staying. Like, it was as if ownership was like, you can go out and say this and you can keep your job. But I could be wrong on that. I've been wrong before. Like, once. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, you know, I think it's more or less that, um, you know, he and the Yorks are very close, and I think that he's willing to, you know, put his neck out there, and I think that the Yorks find that endearing about him. They find that quality great, you know, that he takes responsibility. I mean, whenever you hear about, you know, York and what he, you know, he backed up Trent Belke 100%, so, um, and what he was doing with the team, you like the direction where he was going. I think he definitely had something, this is a year where he had something to kind of prove, um, but it doesn't mean that they, you know, won't make excuses for him. They've made excuses for him in the past. So, you know, we'll see what happens, but I, I kind of have, the kind of feeling I have is I think they're going to give both Balky and, um, and Chip Kelly another year. And um, I think everyone's going to lose their minds. <laughs> yes. I mean, they'll be like a, a, a fan revolt. The, the only thing I can say is if they literally, if they do go 1-15 and, and there's no improvement on this team, um, the Arizona game, I had originally seen it as like a step in the right direction, that if they could stay that competitive the rest of the season, even if they lost the rest of their games, that was a positive. But I think it was an aberration. Like, I don't know that they're going to be competitive in any more of their games but if they go one and 15 and are truly non-competitive in every single game I don't know how you don't make some sort of change but then no, I, I agree um, I mean it, it's weird because I think I think the Arizona game was, was definitely an anomaly this is a team that Arizona handed them a lot of that uh, you know Carson Palmer is last year was a career year for him and clearly he's just he's not what he was last year and so he's you know I, I think that's going to be on a completely side note, that's going to be interesting to see if Tony Romo ends up down there. But, uh, you know, I don't I mean, they just, if they're 1-15, in 15, I, you're right. You just, how do you, how do you keep everybody? What, like, what, what, in what world is that a good idea? Right. And, I, and you know, I've said from the beginning, I want a complete, like, I want it, I want them to completely clean house and, you know, really to look at the players, every player, actually have a GM that uses free agency, because that's probably the most frustrating part for me, is that, you know, a good GM uses all the tools available that they have, and the draft is definitely part of that, but you can't just rely on the draft alone, and the 49ers, or, you know, the Trent Balky 49ers do not use free agency like they could, and with the money they have and the cap space they have, it's just... I don't get it. They should be they should be loading everybody up so that they can win every game or, you know, win in the, as many games as possible. So I, I don't see you know, if Trent if Trent um survives this, like I'll be surprised, but at the same time it is the York since I'm not sure I'd be that all that surprised. Just based on just based on, you know, past, you know. Um, I would agree with that. I just It's just fascinating to me that you could look at this team the last couple of years and and look at the direction in this Trent Balky philosophy and say, he definitely knows what he's doing. It's working. Um, frankly, I think a change of scenery would be good for Trent Balky. I think there's a lot of people in that organization that could use a change of scenery. 
Um, but that doesn't mean it's going to happen. But I think it, there's a lot of fresh starts that could could go on there. I think, of course, the frustrating. Well, I mean, oh, go ahead. I think that, I think with Balky though, it, his strategy actually makes sense. The whole draft and develop that actually they that's perfectly sound philosophy. It's what the it's, you know obviously the Green Bay Packers are struggling this year, but they built their you know they built their Super Bowl team around the draft. They didn't invest heavily in free agency, and that and that makes sense. Uh, Prague Rante was at a. Uh, a conference a few years back and talked about the idea of sh- uh, shopping wholesale versus shopping retail, where free agency is shopping retail and the draft is shopping wholesale. And it makes sense, but the only problem is if you're not drafting well, then, then it doesn't, you know, then it's not going to work. But in terms of philosophy, I actually agree completely with Trent Bobby's philosophy. You know, and I, don't, and I don't disagree with you. I think you hit it. If you're not drafting well, though, the philosophy isn't going to work. And that seems to have been the problem now year after year after year and that so that's so if you're not going to draft well then I think you have to sign free agents or if you're not sure I mean the draft I think is also a crapshoot I don't I am not a GM and I don't pretend to be and I think it's it's a very difficult thing and you just never know but then because of that I feel like you do have to fill in with free agency because I think you look at the Raiders and I hate to make this comparison don't hate me 49ers fans but I feel like the Raiders have drafted well and they've also made smart moves in free agency and all of a sudden the Raiders are a true competitor they're a good team yeah there's a lot of things wrong on the 49ers I mean even a couple years ago there was like you know there was so many and we've talked about this before but there were just so many leaders on the team that it was you know, it was great, but like this week, we had Eric Reed, you know, doing the pre, you know pregame, you know, leadership role, which is interesting because he's he's pretty new, you know, to the Forty ers and so he's basically the uh, the <laughs> I don't even know how to know. It's like the, the the leader that all the that the Forty ers have to look forward to. It's it's kind of disappointing in a sense. I mean, I think he's a great. Um, potential leader but it just seems like where where have all they gone <laughs> well and every week it's someone else doing it so it's not even like eric yeah. reed's been doing it since week one consistently and he's coming out as a leader i feel like every week there's a new person doing that and, and that says a lot about the team yeah i mean if it were me i'd have phil dawson do it Uncle Bill. <laughs> Uncle Bill. I mean, I think he's by far the most consistent person on the team. He's the veteran of the squad. I mean, he. we talked to him yesterday after the game and after getting his 400th field goal, and he said, you know, it's hard for me to look at personal accomplishments during a team sport, and maybe one day I'll be able to look back and be excited about it, but today I wanted to help us win, and we didn't win. And I was like, this guy's a leader. And I know he's the kicker. And I know people could laugh at that. But, like, Phil Dawson, to me, is the leader on this team. And I don't know what that says about the team. Well, I do know what it says about the team. But I just think that's the nature of where we are right now. Um, yeah. So, and then, of course, yesterday, Jim, yeah, good news. Um, Jimmy Ward had a concussion. Eric Reed may or may not have a biceps tear. We don't know yet. Just... It's not good. And it's football and people get hurt and we're late in the season, but the roster's so thin that every loss becomes like a major, major loss. Yeah, I mean you look at the you look at the depth chart on this guy and 
we thought it was bad at the beginning of the year, but, uh, you know, I mean, next week, if, I mean, if Jimmy Ward can't play, then Richard Robinson will move into the start, back into the starting lineup, uh, which, I mean, you know, I, we might as well see what he can do. That, that's something there. Um, Chikowski Tart will end up playing safety probably. Yeah, that's the thing is if, if Reed, you know, if, if Ward had stayed healthy while Reed was getting hurt, I'd be curious to see if they actually try and give Jimmy Ward a chance at safety, which has kind of been talked about for a while, but now he's got a concussion, so that's not going to happen. But, uh, you know, it's just, it's one mess after another. It is one mess. Yeah. <laughs> one mess after another. That is the story of the 49ers 2016 season. If I write a book on the season, it will be called Short of the Sticks, One Mess After Another. That is going to be the 49ers 2016 story. Um, so what do you think, let's talk a little bit about Cap, because it wouldn't be a 49ers podcast if we didn't talk a little bit about Cap. Um we talked about this before we started recording. He starts out, not he, the offense, it's not just him, starts out strong, then they fold. He's shown certain, certainly flashes of what we know he can do, and then, of course, flashes of the other side of what we know he can do, on, and that's not as good. Um, do you think, I mean, do you think there's any chance he's on the 49ers next year? No, I don't think there's any chance of that happening. <laughs> uh, oh, okay, I, I will say, there's. Yeah, I am... 90 to 95% certain he will be gone next year. Because say he finishes strong, plays well, there, there's no way he picks up his option unless they fire Trent Balky. Um, and even then, you know, I, I, I know he doesn't like Trent Balky. I don't know about his feelings towards George, Chad York and the rest of the organization. But if he plays well, he becomes a free agent, signs elsewhere. And given the free agents that are going to be out there, he and Kirk Cousins would be the two best quarterbacks available. Uh, <laughs> So, <laughs> and that's and the state it, of the it, NFL. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, it's a mess. I mean, if he plays, and if he plays well, I'm sorry, if he plays poorly and picks up his option, the 49ers will just release him. So I, yeah. just, I don't see him being around next year. And I feel like for them to choose him over Trent Balky, he would have to play so well. I mean, he would have to be like, I don't know what. Super Bowl, Super Bowl calling Kaepernick every game from here on out. And I think... I think most like realistically that's not going to happen. Um, so do you guys so far, do you have a dream draft pick? I don't yet. <laughs> I haven't gotten there. It, it seems like Miles Garrett is the all-around best player right now. I don't, I don't pay nearly enough attention to college football. In fact, I pay almost no attention to college football until after the season has ended. So I, I have plenty of research to do, but... If Trump Balky's around, we know they're going to trade down. Yeah, that's true. Um, I would say Miles Garrett right now as well, but also I have a lot of research to do on the subject. But if if I just had to pick blind right now, I would go with Miles Garrett. But then I think so would every single other person um, in, in the world. I, I, think, I think the best option would just be somebody with a pole. <laughs> Anyone. <laughs> Anyone at all. Oy, what a mess. Um all right, so next up, Miami. Um, so this actually is potentially an interesting game. I say this every week, and I'm proven wrong week after week, but that's okay. Uh, they have won five in a row, which makes me think they're due for a loss. But at this point, though, I don't even really know what to root for. I mean, I always want my team to win, but by the same token, like, what's the point of going 2-14 and 14, um, or 3-13 and 13 and ending up with a later draft pick? Because I don't think the Browns are going to win a game all season. And Chicago may not win another game. Go ahead. No, that was it. 
I just can't imagine. I don't. I can't root against the Forty Nightmares, and I don't really buy into the. You know, oh, this is a better draft pick. I just, I just can't buy into that. You know, I want to see the players go out there and do everything they can every game. So I think they're also playing for their jobs and their careers, and you know, they're. You know, if people are on contracts or, you know, are on contract status, I think they want to make sure that they're picked up and they have, you know, a livelihood the next year. So I think they're all going to go out and play their best. I, I don't see how they wouldn't. Um, because they're playing ultimately for, for the numbers on their back, too. I mean, not just for the team. I mean, the numbers on their back. So they have to see, you know, I, I think they're going to win at least one of the games. I'm, I think it's probably going to be the Bears. Um, it's doable, I guess, against Miami. But, you know, like you said, they're playing pretty well and they have a lot of momentum. So I don't. I don't think they're going to win, <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's possible. We'll see what happens, but they just have, they have so many problems from the coaching, from their, I mean, the depth chart is pretty much obliterated. There's nowhere to go, um, so we'll see what they do. With Tori, you know, being out, that's a big hit, because, I mean, at least we had some choices, and now we don't. You know, I, I I do not actively root against the 49ers. Uh, I get excited when they do good things. You know, yesterday when they were, you know, when they scored a touchdown and they were down 13-10 and it looked like it was going to be interesting. I was I was happy. I was pleased. It gives me a little, you know, a warm feeling in my belly. But uh, at the same time, I have no problem if the other team outperforms them. And they end up that. Uh, I, I can live with that. And uh, because, you know, I mean, the only thing of value, I mean, yeah, you know, Young players learning and this and that is, is great. Um, I, I think the difference between one and fifteen and two and fourteen and drop, you know, potentially dropping from two to four or five in the draft. Well, two to four at this point. There's only two teams with two losses. Um, I think it's big enough that it, that you know, I, I would I would prefer they. I'm not rooting for it, but I'll prefer it. Uh, you know what? I think the three most winnable games are this week against Miami, uh, at the Bears, and then at home against the Jets. And this week's this week's an interesting one. I mean, if you look at it, Dolphins, like you said, they're coming. They've got a five-game win streak. They want they beat the Rams at the last second. Um, oh, uh, fun fact: the Rams have never been five and five or better after ten games with uh, or at, at, at ten games with uh, Jeff Fisher as head coach. So you know, there's always that. Well, that is yeah. a fun fact. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> there, yeah. There, at least at least the 49ers are trying to hit rock bottom, <laughs> but. Uh, Honestly, I mean, on the one hand, it seems like this would be a letdown game for the for the Dolphins. You know, coming off this big win, they've, they've won five straight. Coming home and having to get up against a one and nine team is, is tough. But it's, and so, I, you know, okay, maybe it's close. But then I think that the, the little note, or the you know the little talked about factor is uh, it's the Adam Gase Bowl. This mm-hmm. is uh, Adam Gase's first game against the 49ers as the head coach, and uh, given how they gave him the runaround two years ago, I, I maybe he wants to maybe he wants to run up the score on him. I. I I could see a close game, and I could see him throwing for a touchdown up three scores in the final minute of the game. Oh, for sure. And I, <laughs> I, would be perfect. <laughs> especially, don't forget, last year, the 49ers, when they beat the Bears, they beat Adam Gase and Vic Fangio, and I think both of them probably really, really wanted to win that game. So I think Adam Gase even has more motivation. Well, that, and he's a potential, he's the coach of a potential playoff team. So this game actually really means something to him. Um, but I think you make a good point. The Adam Gase Bowl does add a little bit of drama and intrigue to... And, and 
And honestly, even though Ryan Tannehill is complete garbage, uh, they've got Jay Ajayi who's been playing well. And uh, given the way running backs are running against them, again, I think David Johnson was a bit of an anomaly. I do think the running, you know, the defense at times is showing improvement against the run with Glenn Dorsey back. But I think Jay Ajayi is going to run for about 150 yards on him. Yeah. Probably. It seems to be the, it seems to be the standard. Uh, Yeah, exactly. Ryan Tannehill may run for 100 yards against him. (laughs) Who really knows? Uh, Yeah, that'll be an interesting game. Well, this is, I don't think anyone would argue that this is about as tough a 49er season as we've seen. Um, Maybe even tougher than last year, though I'm not sure. The one thing I will say, and Jennifer and I talked about this on the Facebook Live after the game, the attitude in the locker room definitely seems better than last year. Um, according to no, according to Jeff, I wasn't in the locker room last year. This is my first year locker room. But the attitude—they're frustrated, but they're not dejected. So that may be progress. Is that sad? Is that so sad that that's progress? I mean, I think it's good. I think that they have found some sort of unity in the whole cat um, protest situation. I think that they've all pretty much, a lot of the players, even the veterans, have backed him up in big ways. And um, I think it's good. Even if they've disagreed with him, I think that they started to see that. You know, Kaepernick's always been really reserved and, and not a very good interview. And now he's coming out, and, you know, speaking in, in, in a way that, you know, a little bit of a leadership that the 49ers haven't seen from him in particular. So I, I think that that's good. I mean, that's always going to be good, but I don't think he's going to be there next season. So <laughs> it's sort of like they're doing what they're doing, you know, this season and they're rolling with it, but I don't think he's going to be there at all next season. So I'm not sure if it's going to, you know, that is going to be able to carry over to the next year. No, I think I think yeah, I'm going mean, to go ahead, David. I was going to say, I mean, it, it, you know, it, it's nice to see some chemistry there and everybody seems to be getting along and all that. But at the same time, saying it without, you know, without being there on an everyday basis to know for sure. I mean, when you're one and nine and things are going bad, I, I know you don't, you know, you don't want people to be completely dejected. But, it, you know, where's where that line between just being happy to be there and collect a paycheck versus, you know, being actually being concerned about where things are going and, and, and that sort of thing. I and again, I don't, I don't have an answer to that. I'm just, I'm curious what, you know, where, where the state of the, you know, what, what, the, what their state of mind is, is actually like. Yeah, that's, that's definitely fair. Um, so do you guys think this, I thought about this a lot yesterday. Um, I'd love to get your opinion. Do you think there's any chance uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is the 49ers starting quarterback next year? I don't know that New England's going to be willing to trade him, but let's just play this game for fun. Um, what would you think about that? I think they probably trade him. He's a free agent after the 2017 season, and Brady doesn't seem to be going anywhere anytime soon. So I don't. I mean, if I'm Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm pushing all I can to get out of there to get a, just you know get an opportunity elsewhere. Um, a to show you know just to just to be able to play, but also to, to show you can do before you get free agency to actually you know justify a potentially big contract, or or maybe you know you end up somewhere and somebody's willing to give him a big contract right out of the gate. I don't know, but I you know I'd rather have him potentially. I, I, it, it also depends on the on, on the asking price. I mean, there's no way the 49ers give up you know the number two or number three pick for him, but I mean if if the Patriots won the number two for him, you know won the second round pick for him. I, 
he's, he's got, you know, he's got experience in the system. I mean, the other problem is actually figuring out what you want out of your offense and where everything's going to go. And that's, that's the biggest problem with trying to project out, you know, next year's 49ers is we don't know who the GM is going to be. We don't know. Right. I mean, I, I'm presuming Chip Kelly's going to be around, but, who, you know, who knows what's going to happen. Who knows what's going to happen is always kind of the question about this team. Um, that's the other title of your book. That is the other tale. That's that's the sequel. <laughs> Who knows what's going to happen? <laughs> um, actually, short of the sticks, a 49ers story was probably better the first half of the season. So now I think we could just go with who knows what's going to happen. <laughs> 49ers novel. Um, all right. Well, guys, I think we've hit on all of the hot spots, if we want to call them that. So uh, Sunday, Miami, Hope Springs Eternal. Maybe, just maybe, they will pull out the win. That's the thing about being a fan. Otherwise, you wouldn't be a fan. Like, every week, you have to think, well, maybe this week. Maybe this week they'll win. <laughs> that's, that's my own personal philosophy. Yeah. Well, that's my own. I mean, pers- personal, personally, I'm just thinking, maybe this week the Browns will win. Well, that's, you know what? <laughs> David, I think you have come up with a great thing for 49ers fans just to make Sundays more interesting. Just let's not, don't, just root for the Browns. Don't even worry about what the 49ers are doing. Just root for the Browns. It'll give you something else to think about. Um, you know, do that. Pick another team for fun. But the Browns specifically, just start rooting for the Browns to win. And maybe the Bears even. I think we do want the Bears to start winning a few football games. And the Jaguars. And the Jaguars. So, you guys, I think that is. All kinds of teams. I think that's what we should do because at least it will make Sundays more interesting. Um, and play fantasy football. That helps too. <laughs> not when you not, not not my team this year. No. <laughs> I am nine and two. I, last year I finished in last place, and uh, so far I'm nine and two in fantasy football. So that's kind of my saving grace every week. Like, well, at least I won my fantasy football game. <laughs> um, so there's that. Um, all right, guys. Well, thank you both for joining me today. Let's end with the rousing Go Niners. Go Niners! Go Niners! Go Browns! Go Browns! Go Jaguars! Go Bears! Um, Alright, thank you guys. Alright. Bye, Bye. 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 Bye.